Um, so four quick things that I think we need to do in 2023. Um, and as I've been reflecting on these four things, um, God's been challenging me um, a lot about them. Um, so I might just be preaching to myself during this time, but I ask you to listen, not only to me, but to the Holy Spirit and see what he wants to say to you guys as individuals. Because I believe that if we put these four things into practice in 2023, um, as an individual you'll grow, but also as corporately you guys will grow and it will help you in your mission uh, to deepen your discipleship and to um, tell people more about Jesus. Is that okay? Yeah. yeah. So the first thing is in 2023, something needs to die. Now, I'm sure that's not what you really wanted to hear on a Sunday morning. I'm sure that's not what you want to put into practice um, throughout this year. But something needs to die. Um, in Isaiah, we read straight away that there was a death. There was a death of a king. It says in verse one, in the year that King Uzziah died. Now, death is hard, it's painful, there's a lot of mourning involved, there's a lot of process, but something needs to die. We don't always like death because of those reasons and the emotions that come up with death, but something needs to die. You can read more about King Uzziah in 2 Chronicles 26 and 2 Kings 15, but a few highlights of his life. So he was king when he was young, he was 16 when he ascended the throne, and he reigned for around 52 years. He was a good king for most of his time. He led the people into victory. He gave peace to the land, prosperity to the land. It was amazing. The people of Israel loved him, liked him. They obviously would have because he brought peace and prosperity to the land. But in his old age, he disobeyed God and he died lonely. The people put their trust, their hope, their faith in him. But it was in a not so healthy way. They idolized him, and it ended up bad for him. He got puffed up and disobeyed God, and as I said, ended up dying, dying alone. Something needs to die. And for me, over the past 10 years, um, when I moved to Manchester, I didn't really understand all of the loss and the death that would take place in regards to leaving London. Obviously, moving from my mum's house, moving from a well-paid job, I didn't really understand the consequences of not having my mum's food on tap. Um, I didn't understand the consequences of having expendable money. Um, And all of that changed. Relationships were lost. Um, Death happened in relationships. Um, Naturally, it does happen when you move away, but it it didn't really strike me when I was making that move. And over the past 10 years, even being at the message, things have been lost. Death has happened. I've moved from different ministries to different ministries. Relationships, again, have been lost and have died, and it happens. And even in the midst now, um, moving on from the message, again, things are dying. Identity for me is being changed, it's being lost, it's being shaped into something new. It's dying. My idea of who I am, who God is, all of that kind of stuff is dying relationships, friends that I've built over the 10 years of being in Manchester and with the message, they're slowly being lost and dying. It's hard. And this, this time I'm more aware of the death and the process, and it's really painful, and I feel like it's constant. But it's okay, because something needs to die. And what is it for you? What needs to die in your life? Who's that King Uzziah that's holding the place that actually shouldn't be there? Who are you idolizing? What are you idolizing? Is there a habit? 
in your life that needs to die in 2023. Maybe you're a people pleaser and it's in an unhealthy way. It needs to die. Maybe you are quick to get angry. It needs to die. Maybe you got a vice. Maybe it's a public one that people know or maybe a secret vice that you have. Maybe it needs to die. And I can stand here all morning and list things that possibly could be for you. But actually, why don't we just take a moment, still our hearts, and see what the Holy Spirit wants to highlight to you that actually needs to die in 2023. Something needs to die. And the second thing that needs to take place in 2023 is that we need to see God for who he is. Whilst the process of death is hard, it's painful, it also brings a sobering to the mind, and it brings a clearing out of stuff for something else to come through. And the best thing that can come through, through death, through that whole process, is that we see God for who he really is. And that's what happened for um, Isaiah. We read again in the passage, In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their face. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Whilst the earthly throne was empty, whilst there was mourning, Isaiah, like John in Revelation, got to see heaven, got to see God for who he truly is, got to see the eternal king who is much alive. And it's amazing how he saw God. He didn't see God as a savior. He didn't see God as the God that brings peace in the morning. He didn't see God as provider. He didn't see God as all of those things that God is. He saw him as Lord. And that's how we need to see him in 2023. I know God is all of those things. I know he's provider. I know he's way maker. I know he's Jehovah. I know all of that. But we need to see him and understand that he is Lord. And in light of seeing him as Lord, then we understand who we are. We are not Lord. We are not in charge. And it's hard. No one likes to be told they're not in charge. No one likes to be told they're not in control. Jesus is Lord. Have you seen him as that? Now, I love the idea of lordship, and over the past 10 years working with the message, it's been amazing, my understanding of lordship and being able to call people into relationship with Lord Jesus. And I'm going to give you a few examples of what lordship looks like. So, so for example, if Andy was my lord, and I was subject to his lordship, and after he had eaten his 11th festive bake from Greg's, he told me, Shola, go clean the toilet. As someone subject to his lordship, I may not like that command. I may not like what I find in the toilet, but I go. I obey. That's the crux of lordship. You obey what the Lord says. Another example that we've all been through, um, that unfortunate time that was COVID. Yeah? Boris, he would come on our screen. He would say some stuff, and then he would give an order. Everyone wear a mask. And what did we all do? We wear a mask. We obeyed. Boris will come on our screens. 
He would say a few things, and then they would give an order. Nobody is allowed to leave their house. We are in lockdown. And what did we do? The buses stopped. Cars stopped. We all stayed in. We obeyed. Boris would come on our screens. He would give an order. Christmas cancelled. Only with the people that you are with in your house, that's who you're celebrating Christmas with. Some of us, that was a good thing. Some of us, maybe not so happy. But what did all of us do? We obeyed. We were under the lordship of the land. And it was, it's good. It's good. And it's doable. We've all done it. We are all obedient. Jesus is Lord of all. One of my favorite passages um, or groups of passages is Mark 4, 35 to like Mark 5 to the end. You see Jesus do so many things that shows his lordship. One, he calms the storm for the disciples. And the disciples say, who is this man that even the winds and the waves obey him? Jesus is Lord of creation. Then he steps out the boat and he's met with a demon possessed man. And the demons talk to Jesus and Jesus says, go into the pigs. The demons obey him. Jesus is the Lord over the demons and spiritual realm. And then Jesus goes back into the boat, crosses the river again, and he raises the dead, uh, a dead girl and heals the sick. Jesus is Lord over the death, over life, over creation, over demons. Jesus is Lord. It's the question though, have you seen him as Lord? Do you recognize him as Lord in your life? The second thing we need to do in 2023 is we need to see God for who he is, just like Isaiah did. He is Lord. And the third thing we need to do is we need to be willing to go. After identifying what needs to die, after recognizing that Jesus is Lord, we need to be willing to go. Jesus, our Lord, has commanded us to go. He says this, He says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything he, Jesus our Lord, has commanded. And whilst he has commanded us to go, the beautiful thing about Jesus is he's not forcing you to go. He can. He can exercise his lordship. And you know what? One day he's coming back as Lord and he will exercise that. But for now, he's inviting us to partner with him. He's inviting us to go. Are you willing to go? Are you willing to follow the command of your Lord and go? Verse 8 of Isaiah 6 says this, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. We must all be willing to go. Jesus our Lord has said, And it should be easy because actually, as I said, we all see that we can obey. So actually, if Jesus is your Lord, if you have seen him like that, you're a going person because that's what he's asked you to do. The fourth thing, the fourth and the final thing that I think we need to do in 2023 is we need to go with the message God has given us. In verse 9 of Isaiah 6, it says, He said, go and tell this people, Be ever hearing, but never understanding. Be ever seeing, but never perceiving. Make the hearts of his people callous. Make their ears dull and close their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understanding 
with their hearts and turn and be healed. Then I said, for how long, Lord? And he answered, until the city's lives ruined and without inhabitants, until the houses are left desert, deserted and the fields ruined and ravaged, until the Lord has sent everyone far away and the land is utterly forsaken. And though a tenth remain in the land, it will, not, it will again be laid waste. But as a turbinth and oak leave stumps when they are cut down, so the holy people will be a stump in the land. The message Isaiah was given wasn't a typically nice message. It was a rebuke. It was a warning of what was to come. It was to provoke the people to repentance. But there was hope in it. And like the message Isaiah has been given, we too have a message that's maybe not typically nice. That is actually a rebuke to people. It's calling people to repentance, but it has hope. Isaiah's hope was twofold. One, he had seen the Lord. Two, the end of the message is actually there is going to be a remnant. Our message, do we know it? Do we know the good news? For ourselves and are we willing to go and tell people that actually you know what the way you're living it's not right in accordance with God do people want to hear that it's a bit of a challenge isn't it you know what the way that you're living actually you need to turn away from your sin your sin is going to lead to death do people want to hear that it's a bit of a challenge but there's hope in it there's a call to repentance Turn away from the way you're living and see Jesus as Lord. Follow him. Have your sins taken away from you. He died on a cross for you. That's hopeful. That's love. That's truth. It's calling people to repentance. It's rebuking them for maybe the way that they're living. It's challenging them, but it's bringing hope. And the hope is that actually he didn't just die. Three days later, he rose again. Showing his power, showing his majesty, showing his lordship over everything. And he is alive. And you know what? He's coming back. Again, hopeful. The world that we see, the world that we're in at this moment in time, the world that we are, um, we are um, a part of, it's broken. It's hurtful. But Jesus is coming back one day and he's going to restore everything. And there's glimmers even in today that we see actually his kingdom move forward. We see healing. We see peace. We see calming of the storms that we're around. There's hope in it. Jesus is coming back. The Bible says one day every knee will bow. One day every tongue will confess that Jesus is what? Jesus is Lord. Four things we need to do in 2023. The first thing that needs to happen is something needs to die. The second thing We need to see God for who he is, and that's Lord. The third thing, we need to be willing to go. And we need to be willing to go with his message. And as I was concluding all of this kind of stuff, and as I was talking to Annie this uh, this morning, the crux of everything is that lordship point. You only go for Jesus if he is your Lord. You only go with his message if he is your Lord. You only see him if nothing else is on the throne of your heart to take his place. He is Lord. And as I finish, it'll be, it, 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 it'll be rude of me, actually, not to give you guys an invitation, uh, maybe for the first time or the second time or maybe the hundredth time, to recommit. 
And not just recommit to Jesus as your saviour. Not just recommit as Jesus as your provider. Not just recommit as Jesus as God of your life alongside so many other things. But to fully give your life to him. To fully dethrone lordship of your life and allow him to be lord. As I said, the message that we have is good news. That you don't have to pay for the penalty of your sin. The penalty of your sin has been taken away by Jesus. Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. The message that we have is good news. That actually the price and penalty has been done for. But also the presence of sin is forever gone. In heaven, one day we won't need to experience that because of what Jesus our Lord has done. But we have to do something in exchange to receive all of that. We have to be willing to repent. Now, again, that's not really a nice word, but if you think about it, what does repent mean? It means change your mindset. It means change your heart set. It means change your direction. If you change all of that from an I focus to a me focus to I'm going in my own direction, like all of us have done, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And actually, if we repent, we change, we say, actually, my mindset is, what's God saying? My heart says, Jesus is Lord of my life. The direction I go in is where Jesus sends me. And that might be to Manchester. That might just be to Waitrose in Barnet. That might be to your workplace. But because he's Lord and you're following his footsteps, you will go. 